0: Welcome to Kingdom Amplified with Lindsay and Tia. Sharing faith, influencing culture, and encouraging believers, it's your time to get activation, inspiration, wisdom, and
1: fun in your life and business.
0: Welcome Welcome to
1: Kingdom Amplified with With Lindsay
0: and Tia. Welcome, you guys. We're so glad to have you here today. We're talking about a really powerful topic, and that is conviction Conviction versus versus condemnation. condemnation. (laughs) (laughs) This is such a good topic because there's so much of this that goes around that we don't even recognize. So we're excited to shed some light for y'all and give you some really good scripture and let you know God's heart. And,
1: yes, so moving. I'm going to read from <laughs> our scripture of the show today, and it's Romans eight one. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus.
0: Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. <laughs> and Thank it's you. funny how this topic came about for us, because we were at this a uh, small group that for that meets for the college that I'm going to, and there was this woman there, and her son was having this hard time. He's an, a high school student, and there was one of his friends who was struggling with some type of a sin, and he didn't know how to approach them. He didn't know how to come to them in love or what to do about it. So we all got to kind of talking about how do we approach sin or how do we um, talk to people who are struggling or is it even our job to talk to people who are struggling or is it our job to convict them or is it our job to condemn them or uh, what exactly does the bible say about it so we started delving into that and wanted to come you know we know god's heart is always in a place for healing and Creating happy and healthy relationships, and that's always his main priority with us, is wanting and to love. be, yeah, to be in love and to be in right relationship. So that's why we started exploring this topic even more. Not to mention, it happens in all of our lives at some point or another, and right. a lot of times people leave the church due to a misunderstanding with uh, between conviction and condemnation. So yeah, which is really super really, sad really sad and not God's intention ever. So right
1: and. First point we wanna make, it is definitely not our job to condemn Yes. Yes. Ever. And yeah. Guilt and
0: shame and condemnation is really not from God at all. At all. Yeah.
1: At all. It's and um, no way, shame no way, shame <laughs> or form. <laughs> yes. No way, shape, or form.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. it's not fruitful either. Condemnation right. never brings really fruit in someone's life. So Exactly.
1: And when was the last time in your life that it was improved by condemnation? It's totally not a change agent for personal growth. It usually separates you from that person. It it feels like judgment. Mm -hmm. Uh, It doesn't motivate people to change their behavior. It actually brings on guilt or shame or anger, Mm -hmm. which is isolating and usually doesn't help the behavior change, it sometimes even makes people go into the behavior (laughs) even more so because of rebellion. Exactly.
0: Yeah, I have a really good example of this. There was an area of my life that I was really struggling with. And it's something that's kind of been an ongoing thing for me. But um, I hadn't really shared it with anybody. And I go to this really close knit kind of small group home fellowship. And there was a woman there that sent me a text message one day and was like, hey, I don't agree with what you're doing. And I'm like, first of all, I'd never even had a conversation with her about what was even happening in my life. or um, So so she had gone around and kind of, in a way, gossiped about what was happening in my life and come to this conclusion. And I, I basically told her that. I was like, you know, th- you're not really helping me, number one. Number two, like, just because we are in a small group together doesn't mean that I've confided in you and that we have the depth of relationship that allows you to speak into my life in this way, number one. And number two, I, I honestly felt like she was doing it for her own reasons, not because Holy Spirit had come to her and said, hey, you know, this, this is something that someone in your group is struggling with. And that, that's the most important thing is if, if we're in relationship with someone and god shares with us their struggle it's our job to ask him what does he want to do about it sometimes he just wants us to pray for them exactly sometimes he actually you know will give us scripture or will give us some type of a loving way to bring it up or have conversation um But that's his job to share with us. It's not our job to inflict our own agenda on someone. And if she had had conversation with me and I had wanted to share that with her, she would know that God had already convicted me, that we had already talked about it, that he had already sent a counselor to me to help me with this ongoing thing. And he had already repaired the relationship, the other relationship in my life that it had caused damage to. So it's so important for us to be sensitive to what Holy Spirit is doing because now her and I's relationship is like at this point of like, you know, I'm hoping that God can come in and bring forgiveness, but I can't, you know, really be in relationship with someone that wants to gossip and attempt to hurt me in some way, whether intentionally or unintentionally by not being sensitive to what holy spirit is doing and so that's a really good example of what can come of a bad situation when you're not listening to what the holy spirit is saying so right
1: yeah and i was on the other side of it where god just showed me something that a friend was going through and you know being human i you know the first thing i did was pray for the person Mm -hmm. and then it came to a point where i was considering speaking out you know talking to the person in love having a conversation asking what can i do to support them but god was just like pray you know wait Mm -hmm. the opportunity will come and Told me that he was working with the person and that, you know, the opportunity will come. And it was difficult. It it was a little difficult. I had to isolate myself a little bit. And, you know, continue to pray and continue to just do what God was saying. But his word is true as always. And he did and the moment did come and it was beautiful and God was working that thing out. And you know, I like to believe that, you know, because I was faithful in prayer and because God is faithful, that He he bought it to a head and the person was healed, but not because I said anything, not because I did anything, not because, you know, I interrupted God's process, but because I was obedient in prayer and listened to what God was saying and doing that, you know, change did come about in God's way. And that's very important, you know, that we don't play God and get in the way, but that we actually come to him and ask him you know what can we do if anything and continue to pray for the person and and, yeah, love, and love be them. support and, and love, love them. them yeah and be supportive yeah and
0: that's that's really one of the things we're going to talk about too in God's nature is like he speaks things in love he's never mm-hmm. about this um, guilt or shame, that's definitely right. from the enemy. That's not exactly. from God. And So if there are things in your life that are coming from that place or trying to keep you in this place of guilt and shame, uh, that's definitely oppression from the enemy. It's not exactly. something that he intends. And I know that that has caused myself and many, many others issues in um, relationships, a lot of times in church, and I've seen it with a lot of people getting hurt because they Feel like that it's their job to convict other people of sin, and yeah. and so and it's, that's, not. it's not, <laughs> and it's something that we really want to be sensitive about because it's our it's really our job to just love people, love people outrageously,
1: yeah.
0: And if they want to share or they come to us and need help, then we're more than happy to give resources, yeah. also in love. Exactly. So yeah,
1: and be aware that condemnation is a tool that Satan uses against believers to make. People feel separate or eternally judged by God. God is not a God that is just sitting on high and pushing us away from him. Mm -hmm. He is our relational father who wants to spend time with us. And out of his love for us, he allows us to repent of our sins and live in forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And some people feel like they need to hold on to their failures as a lesson to learn from. However, that's not a kingdom mindset. Mm -mm. We serve a present future God who does not dwell on our past, which means neither should we. God is not just looking at our past and our history. He is more concerned about our relationship here and now and the future who he sees us to be. We should not We should concentrate on our righteousness and the new creatures that we are in Christ. Any voices that you hear condemning you? or saying that, you know, you're not good, you're not a good Christian or anything, is Satan. Mm -hmm. Satan tries to inflict shame and guilt on God's beloved, but we have the power to command that voice to be silent and stand on the truth that we are forgiven. And the truth is God chose to forgive mankind once and for all. He doesn't need to keep re-forgiven us because we've already been fully forgiven 2,000 years ago in the moment that we accepted him. We made a choice oh he made the choice to include forever. We have been pre-forgiven on any and everything we could ever do. There's absolutely no room for condemnation in that. Yeah. And stand firm on that
0: and believe that yeah, for sure, and it's funny. Even if you read in the dictionary, the synonyms for condemnation are to criticize, to sentence someone, or doom them, or to make them feel reprehensible. Which is like so crazy. That's that's absolutely not who God is. But exactly. a lot of times, um, because of misunderstandings of the Old Testament law and things, people have this understanding that of. Or this view of God that he's somehow an instant judgment or he's kind of this scary old man in the sky just waiting for us to do something bad so he can just rain down fire on us and he can maliciously inflict some type of instant judgment or that he's in complete control of everything, including all bad things that happen to people and that he's tumultuous, angry or mean. And that's just so far from his true nature when you when you start researching and kind of get get down to the bottom of things. Yes.
1: The God that we serve is faithful and good and peaceful. And Exodus 34, 5 tells us, Then the Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. Deuteronomy 431 says, for the Lord, your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your forefathers, which he confirmed to them by oath. Psalms 116.5 says, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion.
0: Yeah, it's definitely interesting where... Um, we kind of get this idea of the dual nature of god that he somehow inflicts um, negative things on us in order for us to learn well that's really far from true actually i think we can learn just as much from good situations as we can from bad Mm -hmm. of course when adam and eve came into the world and decided to entertain the idea of sin then sin was allowed into the atmosphere however that doesn't mean that is actually who we are and in reality um, a lot of folks struggle with the law and not understanding the nature of God based on why we had the law. And they felt like God was inflicting this nitpickery on their lives. <laughs> nitpickery. I love that word. <laughs> of You know, all these uh, tremendous things that they had to do. But in reality, when God brought Moses and the Israelites to the Mount Sinai, God actually sp- spoke audibly to every single person that was there, to thousands of people and said, I want you to come through this trial and test And I want you to be kings and priests and this to be Israel to be a royal priesthood that goes out and just shows my outrageous love to all the nations. And instead of doing that, because Israel had been in 400 years of slavery and they had this slavery mentality, they said, no, we want to just send Moses. Just tell us whatever it is you want us to do and we will just abide by your rules. And so God reluctantly gave Moses the Ten Commandments, which is still a very, very basic understanding um and similar to the laws of the time right and most of those were were just about not having any other gods before them which was israel's major fate or major um kind of their disposition oftentimes was to fall into a lot of pagan rituals because of the cultures that they were involved in and Mm then being in slavery for so many years so but So God reluctantly gave them this type of covenant that they asked for, but that's not what he wanted. And even in the beginning when they did not obey the covenant, I don't know how many times if you actually read through Exodus, he just let it go and let it go and kept letting it go and letting it go. And they just kept asking for more. They wanted more details. They wanted more all this stuff. And he's like, well, I'll give you laws similar to the laws of the lands around you, even though less harsh, because even the Hammurabi code and all those things that were going on around them involved mutilation and death for all these things that came against the law. So God said, "Okay, well, we're not going to do any mutilation or death or anything like that, but. Because of the type of covenant you guys want, I'm also going to have to be the enforcer, even though that's not what I want. I want a priesthood that can hear my voice. So when you know it in the context of that, and you understand that now we also we live in the new covenant where those Thank laws, you, Jesus, yeah, don't apply to <laughs> us. That's not the cut. Co- that was the Mosaic covenant that happened back then. Now we live in a completely new covenant. So when you understand the difference of the covenants and the laws, what's called the canon, and the literature and everything surrounding that covenant, then you realize, okay, that was for that time, and God was trying to still show us his nature through that by constantly forgiving and co- being overly um, overly aware of their needs and setting them up for success even though they, this is what they wanted, this horrible set of rules and things that he never, never intended. So, yeah, it's interesting. How we can right. kind of get this misunderstanding of his nature through that. So, right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's still popular yeah. to
1: say that misunderstanding of God and who he is. Cause uh, I still hear uh, oftentimes when I invite people to Christ or to church, you know, people say, I have to get my re- life right before I get, go to church or give my life to Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's like, which I often tell them that's a myth. Cause First of all, you know, the church is like a hospital and God just wants us as we are, you know, as broken and and battered as we are. So we can partner with him in getting to a place of being our better selves. Mm -hmm. And if we could do it on our own, we would have done it already. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody wants to stay in a broken, battered place. Mm -hmm. So, um, Yeah, it also reminds me in the dual nature. Speaking of the dual nature, I was watching a movie recently and a woman had a baby and the baby was born ill and born with spinal bifida. And she said, uh, you know, that God is punishing us because I worked and my husband gambled while I was pregnant. And I know he was angry about it. And I knew it was wrong. And God is just showing judgment on us because we did that. And, you know, oftentimes when people can't explain why things happened or something bad might have happened, they often go to saying that God is judging them or punishing them. And that's that dual nature again, which is just isn't the true nature Mm -hmm. of our God. And we'll talk about that some more later
0: yeah in other shows but that goes back to what we talked about before if it's not good, good. if it's not faithful exactly. if it's not coming from a place of peace or proclaim proclaiming compassion and grace right. um a slowness to anger and an abounding in love and faithfulness it's really not from him
1: exactly
0: so that's that's one way that we can kind of we l- check our that. yeah <laughs> check against the checklist exactly yeah
1: so we're gonna go to um the process of interaction of conviction and um i have a verse from john sixteen eight on conviction and he when he comes will convict the world regarding sin and righteousness and judgment And this was such an illuminating verse. This was totally not what it seems like on the paper. (laughs) But thank you for Dr. Jonathan Welton breaking it down for us quite nicely in his book, Eyes of Honor. Um, And basically reminding us and we want to remind you that it's the Holy Spirit's job to nudge you when you've committed a sin uh, and being the gentle spirit that he is. The Holy Spirit. He doesn't come shouting at you or trying to embarrass you in front of a crowd. It's not him to gossip about a misstep you made to anyone who listens, like we mentioned other people might have done in the past.
0: Spouting off a loudspeaker.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's not the Holy Spirit. Somebody (laughs) made a huge mistake and all this stuff. (laughs) Nope. But we all felt it. Sometimes you might have called it your conscious or felt that something's off, an unsettleness in your spirit, maybe a disappointed feeling, um, had an examination period in your life or just had a feeling that just brought you to your knees in prayer. Um, and this is our cue like to acknowledge you know, our sin to our Father God by repenting. And to repent means to express a sincere acknowledgement of one's wrongdoing or sin. And basically at the heart of repentance means changing your mind and turning away from your former ways to have a different way of thinking, to come out of agreement with something that is not in alignment with the nature of God. And all of this happens in relationship with God. And and we can have this in a conversation with our father. But this mind change that I no longer, you know, am going to be in agreement with this type of sin or this type of behavior. I'm totally not doing this anymore. is really at the heart of repentance, making a 180, we call it sometimes in life, from that type of behavior way of being in our past. And, and it's acknowledgement that you're, turning away from this former behavior in your relationship like you would do in any other relationship Mm -hmm. Uh, we've all like well I'll admit I've in the past in my earlier years Mm -hmm. have made apologies that have been empty I remember as a child like apologizing for doing you know cleaning up that wasn't the best that I could do I remember sweeping some stuff under the rug before because I couldn't find a dustpan and saying oh I'm sorry and then another week where I couldn't find a dustpan I apologized. oh I'm sorry for doing that but I didn't turn away from my ways I turned away from it that week and did it again it wasn't a six a six, sincere acknowledgement of turning away from my ways it was just trying to get off the hook but you know one time my mom was like i'm really disappointed because i feel like i can't you know trust you to do what you say and that really like broke my little heart you know my mom was disappointed in me and i wasn't the type of child that that was okay so i apologized with tears in my eyes and you know told her that you never have to be disappointed in me and i really meant it and you know that week i bought uh, my own little dustpan <laughs> broom kit with the little sweeper <laughs> that you have on the floor and, you know I just kept that in my room for the time being and when I said I apologized that was repenting to my mom like I will never do that again I turned away from you know my old ways so just like we have repentance in our natural relationships, you know, it's important to acknowledge our behaviors with our Heavenly Father.
0: Yeah, and it's just like any relationship, too. It's like yeah. if we do something that hurts somebody, whether or not we know it or not, mm-hmm. and they bring it to our attention, then we want to ask for forgiveness and figure out how can we communicate better? How can we love them better? Mm-hmm. How can we... Uh, support them better or Mm -hmm. how do we communicate better in a way that we can both give and receive love Mm -hmm. and so if I did something that hurt someone's feelings of course I want to be aware of it of course my highest priority is the relationship so yeah. my goal is always like okay how do we address this in a loving way in a healthy way so that we can move forward and and come from a place of seeing that person like god sees them in, yeah. in the goodness and the fullness and uh, the giftings and blessings that he's given them and the encouragement that he sees over them and the love that he kind of sees over him, them. And so always taking things back to his perspective and his nature and right. being aware of the good and, and not just that, but wanting that and mm-hmm. valuing that exactly in relationship and um, honoring people. And because we want to receive honor too, and we want right. to give it and we want to be an uplifting and, and healthy honorable. relationships that are positive and um, yeah. showing his goodness and, so, yeah, we talk about, this is really interesting, too, that um, that Jonathan had mentioned in the book, too. He's talking about the state of being convinced is actually what conviction means, right? So mm-hmm. Holy Spirit is convincing us that we have committed a sin, but he doesn't convict, convict us in a way that we are living in this place of shame and guilt. No. He's showing us how to discern it because he wants to, through love, he wants us to grow. Mm-hmm. He wants, he, if it's not him speaking in his voice of love, then it's definitely not coming from him, right? Mm-hmm. So then once he's convicted us, then we walk away. We repent from that. or he, And as we turn away from that nature that's really not who we are or mm-hmm. who he is because he lives inside us, then he begins to convict us of our righteousness and who he is and convict us of the good things and the things that he's spoken over our lives and the the destiny and appointments that he has focused on us and then the last part which was probably the most eye-opening is that verse also says that he convicts us of judgment and that's not judgment on us on our sin but that's actually retribution towards the kingdom of darkness so once we're free from the things that have kept us bound then god sends us to expose and crush the same works for example i know people that have struggled with alcoholism before they get saved or they begin to get free in their relationship with christ and then here they have by the works of their testimony as in revelation 12 11, the devil are defeated so to help others learn to get the tools and tips to recognize and how to walk away from sin and bring forgiveness in this area to yourself and others so so god is very clear that conviction brings us into a momentary awareness of sin then immediately he walks us in the opposite spirit showing us who we really are and kind of getting rid of that darkness out of our life and and bringing a freedom from the darkness whereas condemnation kind of people are treated as they need to live under this cloud of guilt and shame that causes oppression for an indefinite period of time and that's so not so mm-hmm. not him and so this there I have such a good example of this um our church group there was a woman they were talking about she had she had come out of prostitution and had this really really hard life kind of growing up and as a young adult woman while well, she gets radically encounters god gets saved and starts this bible study in her house well during the bible study <laughs> for a year long she's like chain smoking cigarettes the entire time and everybody in the study is like they don't know what to do with this, right? They love her. They're so excited for all the things that God is doing in her life. And so they kind of go to the elders of the church. They're like, hey, what do we do? You know, she's she's still chain smoking cigarettes. Well, the elders are like, yeah, well, that's, that's kind of where she's at right now. And so they didn't say to say anything or do anything about it. Well, about a year later, she has another encounter with Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit's like, you know, you really don't need those cigarettes anymore. And she just kind of like gets this aha, duh moment. <laughs> like... Dude, why was I smoking cigarettes in the, for this whole year and she's like, "Well, God, why did you let me go on for this entire year smoking cigarettes in my small group?" And he's like, "You had been through so much and one step at a time." And he is. He's a gentleman. gentleman. And it's incredible testimony for that community of people right. too that allowed God to move. Yeah. And who knows what would have happened if they would have said something? It could have brought her, she could have relapsed or she right. could have. I mean, you never know. She could have had this horrible perception of the church or had a really bad perception of um, feeling condemned or Or, brought her back to a bad place in relationship or understanding of God. And so it's just an interesting, very interesting.
1: But awesome story of love and acceptance and allowing the Holy Spirit to lead when it comes to conviction. Exactly. Allowing God to be God and us to just love on one another and accept one another as we are and wow. let god do the work how powerful i love that story yeah, me too
0: and it's funny because the church historically has called people sinners and the truth is really Which or is they've said cool. yeah that we're quote sinners saved by grace well actually the bible says that we are saints of the most high That if you go back Mm -hmm. to even Genesis 4-7 with Cain and Abel, God says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So what is God saying? Sin was actually outside of Cain. Even though it had entered the atmosphere and we have the ability to sin with Adam and Eve, it's not in us. Even back then before Jesus, it wasn't in their nature. And so... And God also says in Luke 17, 21, that the kingdom of God is within you. And it is Jesus. That's what one of the reasons Jesus died was to have relationship. If if Jesus just died for salvation, he could have died as a baby. And that still would have been sufficient for salvation. Right. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. He was raised as a man and he showed us how to be in this relationship with God because relationship is so important to him, to him. And so that's why it's important, too, because relationship is so important. That's why God brings conviction of sin in the first place. It's for our own benefit and our own sake. And um, we're used to this human sense of confrontations or approach with this demand that the violator must apologize enough to receive forgiveness. But really, when God addresses it, he said he's already forgiven us, but he's showing us sin so that we can stop and come back into relationship with him in that area Not because of guilt and shame, but because we're better than that. He has more for us. He has more Mm -hmm. to give us. There's more fullness that he wants to share with us in relationship. And sometimes, even though, yes, we're forgiven, we get in these behavioral patterns that we aren't even aware that we're still agreeing with sin in some area of our life. And so he brings this conviction so that we can have an encounter with him in that area and we can be, be set free. When we don't even have an awareness, sometimes we may see the fruit of the negativity, but not know where it's coming from. So that's one of the things that we pray over you guys is that God would just show you the root causes of things so Mm -hmm. that you would be very aware that that um, he wants to have it bring encounter in those areas of trauma or sickness or sadness. Um, And yeah, it's just super good. And it does That's never right. come from a place of accusation or a place from condemnation. It's always a place of love and encouragement. Amen. And being alignment with his nature. Yeah. Awesome. So yes. we just want to pray over you guys for...
1: I'd like to say one thing yeah. too. A lot of times um, we've been taught and a lot of pastors have been taught in seminary and they preach that the sin nature is like integral to who we are, and mm-hmm. it's almost like we have a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in us, and it's so untrue we have been set free from the sin nature at the cross through Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And this is really important to understand why and how sometimes in traditional church there can be a lack of hope projected because there's so much emphasis placed on fighting sin. And it's, it's not who we are. As Lindsay said earlier, sin is outside the door. It is not within us. There is the Holy Spirit living within us now. We have Christ. So our focus shouldn't even be on sin. It should be on God and things above in the kingdom of heaven.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and so it's important for us to realize that we are not sin our life is not about fighting sin our life is being one with God and having a relationship with God and if we focus on those things and things above then the sin will be less and less of an issue in our lives and God will be king of our lives and continue to reign over our lives triumphantly
0: Yeah, and the more we know who we really are, are. the less we come into agreement with anything the devil says about us that's in the same nature. And God said, put off the dead man once and for all. You are a new creation in Christ. And sin is no longer in you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times in traditional churches, we'll put people in a cleanup pattern or oh you're an alcoholic so you're gonna be here's the you get saved and then suddenly you're on a cleanup path it's like no there's a one-step process yeah jesus and um so and then the other piece that i wanted to address too is that just by coming into relationship with rules is not really changing someone's behavior without changing the heart honestly has no effect Mm -hmm. so It's all. It comes from a heart change first, and that comes Mm -hmm. from knowing our identity in Christ and and just knowing Him, getting to know Him. Our desires change. He's with the new man and the new creation. Our desires have been redeemed. Our heart has been redeemed. Our mind has been redeemed. And so, but walking that out is definitely can be a process because there's areas that we don't recognize that we've still come into agreement with habitually from societal patterns or family patterns or Mm -hmm. just living out a certain way for for a period of time and that's why God is always talking about renewing our mind. And that's really what the process of renewing our mind is, exactly. is coming to an understanding of what's already been done and yeah. him walking with us as he's moving forward and as we're moving forward yes. and him giving us the freedom to choose him and to choose relationship with him which is going to eradicate the rest of the stuff.
1: Yes, and a great read on identity. Yeah. And if you want to focus just on identity, and maybe not so much on the other stuff in the book uh, Eyes of Honor by Jonathan Welton. Yeah. It's a killer. great, great book on identity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's really good, just in general. All just of his in general, are, yeah. He's a great theological teacher, very smart, tons of insight. And yeah. not only that, he actually goes through and shares you the context, context, the historical context. Yeah, great teacher. Shares the the scriptures and things with you and kind of decodes them for you a little bit so you can All go right. in and research them. It's been an incredible tool for me going to the Welton Academy for sure so well we just want to pray over you guys and say thank you for coming today and joining us and we just pray that this show in Jesus name has brought you freedom and maybe dispelled, yeah any myths that we've come into agreement with and um, breaks off any of that condemnation or shame or guilt that's tried to bring any oppression to you and we just we just speak life into any areas that have dealt with trauma or from this type of situation of feeling condemned and we're just excited about what god has has for you and we just pray that you would be focused on the good things and focused on the future and he has come to give us hope in a future so and we're going to share a couple declarations for you to speak over yourself and we'll have these on the web page as well He,
1: he is for me not against me
0: i am increasing in the
1: knowledge of god the kingdom of god is within me i am inseparable from the love of god i am a joint heir with jesus
0: i am lacking in nothing
1: i am the light of the world
0: i am a new creation
1: i am protected purified and raised with christ in resurrection life i am a sound mind i am blameless i am declared holy i have the mind of christ
0: he has freely given me all things Amen. awesome well we love you guys Uh, Feel free to write to us at kingdomamplified at gmail.com. Check us out on the website, kingdomamplified.com, or even on YouTube, uh, the Kingdom Amplified channel. channel. And we're excited about what God is doing. He's bringing forth a bunch of really great programs for you guys, and we're excited to share. So thanks for tuning in. We love you. And we we will will talk talk to you you soon. soon.
1: Business.